This is the Sports with Teeth Podcast. Podcasting live, your hosts, Kyle Washington and Alex Warnicky. Welcome to the Sports of Teeth podcast. My name is Alex Warnicky, broadcasting from San Francisco, California. As always, my co-host broadcasting from Seattle, Washington, Kyle Washit. Kyle, today's a very, very special podcast. Uh, really big milestone for us. Yeah, well, this marks the one-year anniversary of our first Sports with Teeth podcast a year ago. We've come a long way. I just went back and listened to our first podcast from uh, from a year ago, and yikes, it was pretty ugly. Yeah, I also did that, too. Uh, another reason it's a special day, it's National Podcast Day as well, which I, I don't think we planned that, but we um, now we know. <laughs> now we know. Uh, we our birthday is always on national national podcast day so that's that's pretty cool yeah why not that's pretty awesome and uh first of all we'd like to just give a big thanks to our listeners you guys have been great over yes, the year over absolutely the, over the full year you know sticking with us through a little bit of technical difficulties we think we got things ironed out putting out uh what seems to be a pretty fun podcast and uh yeah over 600 of you guys like us now on facebook so that's pretty awesome and uh about usually about half of those are listening every week so tell your buddies keep spreading the word we're gonna keep growing this thing and uh things are going awesome for the sports with teeth podcast here in year two yep absolutely also a big shout out to uh my employer facebook who gives me the ad credits so we can advertise to you guys on facebook um sorry if we're gumming up your facebook feeds but you know deal with it <laughs> deal with <laughs> it yo <laughs> as, as always everybody please uh continue to uh interact with us uh we love our fans out there hit us up on the twitter at sports with teeth uh, the facebook at the sports with teeth podcast or as always you can hit us up on email at sports with teeth at gmail.com um yeah love love listeners awesome of you guys to keep on listening keep on telling your friends and uh pretty pretty stoked to have you guys here yeah and uh as a big happy birthday present to us on the sports with teeth podcast and to you guys uh we actually compiled some of our favorite moments from the past year um and to put it to a little music some of the our most mostly it's just our awkward moments and funny stuff that we tried to do but we're just really laughing at ourselves here hello everybody my name is kyle washington and i'm alex warnke and we are the sports with teeth podcast uh, this is a the first installment of a weekly show that's going to talk everything Seattle sports. Welcome back to the Sports with Teeth podcast. My name is Alex Warnicky, joining you from foggy San Francisco, California. Beautiful, sunny San Francisco, California. Broadcasting from beautifully sunny San Francisco, California. Like I said, when life gives you lemons, you just tailgate in the rain. Amen to that. And you know what? You know there are in Tucson. There's a lot of girls that act like there's beaches in Tucson, which. I'm completely okay with. I don't know about you, Mr. Miami Dolphin, Colin Kaepernick, like the Northwest uh, sorority girl uniform there, with the yoga pants, the North Face, and the UGG boots. Uh, yeah, no, it's now UGGs are out. It's Hunter boots yeah, now. Yeah, dude, you know, it's, yeah, and uh, you know he wouldn't be the first serial killer to have uh, worn, worn the purple. Uh, yeah, shout out to my boy Ted. Or if, if uh, someone, if say Keith Price, obviously Keith Price would never, ever in a million years steal any laptops. He's not Jeremiah Masoli or Cam Newton. But say if he were to steal a laptop out of our frat, we're not, we're not turning him into the police, are we? Oh, clearly not. He, 
I mean, clearly not. I need obviously, a, I need obviously, Sig obviously, Sig F's down at Oregon are not big enough football fans. Kyle, have, have we ever been ones to shy away from controversial costumes? A special version of the podcast today. Uh, we're paying tribute right off the bat to uh, the dog father, the best coach in UW history, a leader, a gentleman, an all-around good person, and a legend for the Washington Huskies community. That is one Coach Don James. Uh, Seahawks player, you were actually lucky enough to meet this week down in Arizona. Hauschka! Uh, went down. The Hauschka. The Hauschka. Steven Hauschka. I uh, ran into him at a bar, and the guy is just a total bro. Don't bro me if you don't know me, bro. Because, I mean, he, he's got that whole, like, warrior mentality, and he really likes, like, you know, swinging swords and everything. And so well, I, thanks for that mental image. Yep, yep right that's now. a great mental image. Mike Leach, shirtless. Uh, with Swinging spray, his sword. Spray tan abs on. Yeah, right. remember when the Saints were just awful every yeah, year? Yeah, that, that, that kind of pre-Katrina Saints were were really, really bad. We're together for the first time on this podcast. It's crazy. Yeah. We've been doing this remotely for, what, seven, eight weeks now? And, you know, we're finally, finally get to do one together, so. Reunited, and it feels so good. It feels so good. Kicks over a, uh, a, a bench, a team bench, and then... Exits the stadium, flipping the uh, the double freedom rocket. Double, double freedom rocket. Double double. Allah Carl Wilson getting fired from his job. <laughs> Welcome back to the Black Friday Friday Red Zone channel. Uh, now let's head to Des Moines, Iowa, where a greeter is apparently having a little PTSD syndrome. Kyle, for more. Yeah, um, it appears that uh, he did three tours in Nam, and. Uh, Bobby Lee Chitwood uh, has barricaded himself in the outdoor section now, and uh, there's a lot of ammo there. There's a lot of sterno. All right, now let's let's switch around to Atlantic City Best Buy, where police have uh, broken out the rubber bullets. It seems here, Kyle. What's uh, what, what's your take on what's going on right now? Uh, where I haven't seen anything like this since uh, Starksville in '89. Things are getting crazy. We all know how that turned out. Let's hope it ends differently. <laughs> I really wanted to insert a Kent State joke there, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> Kyle, big sports day. Probably the biggest day we've had all year. Biggest day all year? Biggest day in, like, ten years for the for the Seattle sports area. This is just awesome. We are on iTunes officially. Big time, baby. iTunes store. Big news, big time. We're making it. We made it. <laughs> yeah, there, Twitter was blowing up about that uh, yesterday. It's just like, how does... How does Jay-Z introduce himself to Jack Zarensic? War big news of the week, though, aside from Husky Volleyball, uh, our bacon bowls arrived in the mail. Bacon bowls, baby! Trivia question. Trivia time on the, on the oh, uh, Sports with Teeth podcast. Oh, man. Here we Can go. Name a, a Heisman winner from Navy. Roger Staubach. There you go. Booyah. Come on, baby. Nice work. You know, you know yeah. I got that. I got that. I wouldn't be too worried about, like, losing your shorts. Yeah. This war. Yeah, the classic snake oil salesman there. Kyle, you know, next, next yeah. thing we know, it's yeah, gonna, oh yeah, like 120 bucks, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> his his fielding is unbelievable, it's so effortless, it's all, all you know, it's very nonchalant, and, you know, Tom Anansky with the, his uh, fundamentals of Little League Baseball videos would not, would not approve, you know, but he's got, he's just got so much talent. Uh, for those of you who can't see us, uh, I'm podcasting shirtless because it's hot in my apartment. So, non-visual medium, just paint a picture for you guys out there. And I am podcasting pantsless. 
Yeah, this um, Cal's definitely a bottom feeder. And with Shark Week, do, do, what's the bottom feeder of all sharks? Do you know? More? <laughs> what what is the bottom feeder of all sharks? I, I don't know. I could I could like picture a shark that's kind of grazing on the uh, on the sand like a manatee, but I, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> well, it's probably called a probably called a sunny duck shark. A sunny duck shark. Okay. This one's gonna come as a bombshell. Wazoo coming in strong, and probably my favorite name in the entire conference this year. Squally Canada. Wow. The running back from Wazoo. Squally Canada. Oh, no, they're, they're simple people. Oh, that offensive simple line people. The they like they? steak, potatoes, and run of the football. Yeah, you know what else is not bad? It's game week. Oh, it's game, it's game week, week, baby! Woo! Caught a couple of football games, uh, enjoyed some adult beverages with you, fill up the pint glass with cider, and then I throw a little fireball, a little shot of fireball on top of it. It makes it nice cinnamony, you know. I might, I might be letting my uh, Wazoo flag fly a little bit there. Just just a little peek of the kook flag. Oh, oh Lord, did you did you mean to do that transition? What? what? No, I just planned that at all. <laughs> Why don't we talk about other Pac-12 football games this year? That wraps up Beer of the Week. How about them kooks? Oh, hey, go kook. They're failure every week. It's so much fun. I'm a big fan of Fourth of July because I'm an American. Uh, oh, I love the pumpkin ales. Wasn't a big fan of them when I was younger, but oh man, I just can't get enough of them now. Yeah, they're pretty tasty. And uh, ladies, remember if you don't Instagram your pumpkin ale or your pumpkin spice latte, then it didn't happen. No, it did not. <laughs> to go to Morgantown, so you never know what happens when you go to the couch burning capital of the United States. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take, take me home, country roads. I honestly, where I think I might be calling for the upset. Ooh, big call right there. Wait, I, I, don't know. I might have just got John Denver in calling for that wow, upset. That might be our bold prediction of the week, right? I'm a soccer fan, if uh, people didn't know that out there. And uh, that's usually my go-to, especially in the morning. If there's a morning uh, English Premier League game, uh, I'm drinking that at the bar. You know, along with a Bloody Mary or two, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll get you right. I have one more. How about Akron? Akron Zips. Uh, and now we're going to get away from the Phil Steele mascots, and we're going to go with a, a wild card one for extra credit. Youngstown State. Youngstown State. Is that the Penguins? There you go, babe. Nice work. Or there's three phases to every football game. Offense, defense, and the kicking game. It's been quite the ride, huh, no, Just... Awesome, awesome. Eight full minutes of throwback sports with teeth action Montage. right there. Love it, love it. You did a hell of a job putting that together. Uh, God, so many so many good memories that I kind of just forgot about. Uh, we had our, our Black Friday Red Zone channel. Hilarious idea, if I do say so myself. That was myself. pretty classic. <laughs> We're going to have to bring that back oh, again for this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good that was times. fun. Who, who could forget when you podcasted pantsless? Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, <laughs> nice nice little visual imagery there for anyone that knows me. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, tailgating in the rain, uh, Pac-12 coaches, Halloween costume oh, party. Bacon, bacon bowls, yeah. Yeah. fighting hunger. Betting, <laughs> lots of betting, singing John Denver duets. Uh, good times here on the Sports Teeth Podcast. And there's going to be so much more to come over the next year. So tell your friends, keep listening, 
And with that, I think we got to get right into the big news of the weekend. The Huskies dropping their first game of the year, 13-20 to against the Stanford Cardinal up here in Seattle. Uh, what what do you see here? Just general impressions of the game overall before we get into the nitty-gritty nitty of it. Yeah, um, way, to, way to just kind of <laughs> ruin the mood there, by the way. Um, <laughs> high of, high know, of, high of nostalgia <laughs> and then the low of defeat. Um, yeah. Tough loss, Kyle. Uh, I was at the game. You were at the game. Um, came up, had a great time uh, podcasting with all all of our friends, few listeners up in Seattle, uh, over in the E12 parking lot this time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just a tough one. I mean, a game that Stanford kind of handed to UW on a silver platter. Uh, lots of opportunities for the Huskies to win this game, and they just couldn't pull it out in the end. It was It was just a lack of execution, and um, you know, just, they didn't knit. I don't think either team really played well enough to win the game, but, um, somebody had to, and that was Stanford. Yep. Someone's got to win every game. And, uh, here's the deal. We, uh, we kind of forgot one phase of the game or there's three phases to every football game, offense, defense, and the kicking game. Hello, darkness, my uh- old friend. Actually, just kidding, we forgot two phases of the game. We forgot to play offense, and we forgot about the kicking game. But first of all, we're going to talk about that kicking game. Uh, first play of the ball game, what happened? Yeah, they kick it to Ty Montgomery, which, I mean, did we not watch last year's film again? I, it's So we talked about all last week is the biggest key to the game is to contain Ty Montgomery on the kick, on the mean, kick return game. It, they did it you know? once, and then all this, it's like all of a sudden a light bulb goes off in their head. It's like... It's like, oh, wow, maybe we shouldn't kick to this guy. Um, he takes huge kickoff return, uh, the opening kickoff, uh, sets up a field goal. Um, just, I mean, Ty Montgomery kills us again. Happened last year, happened again this year. Um, he's pretty clearly, in my mind, the difference in this game. Yeah, clearly. That, that place gave him three points basically right there. Uh, he also had an unreal TD catch and run in the in the second quarter there. He basically ran over Peters, Buda Baker, and Trevor Walker going to the end zone. Just absolute horse going in there. That was an unbelievable run. One of those plays that, that uh, you know, you look back on, it's like, how do you not make that tackle? But, but again, the, the kicking game-wise, you know, that first play, huge. We basically give them three free points right off the bat, even though our defense makes a stop. Letting them start on on our side of the field on the on the first possession of the game that's that's just huge and really unacceptable. Yeah, well, it's a momentum changer right out of the gate. You know, it's they mm-hmm. they come out and you know everybody's hyped up for the game and you know all of a sudden guy takes a big return uh, and sets up a scoring drive and it's like you know some of that some of that mojo you had going before the game is just kind of gone. Um, there's not really a whole lot you can do about that. Um, so uh, that was that was really rough. Um, another miscue in the kicking game. Uh, John Ross takes a kickoff a hundred yards to the house um, and just escaped almost everyone on the field, and it gets called back for illegal block in the back. Um, could have been just the huge answer and and the and the difference in this ball game as well in, in terms of momentum and. Uh, yeah, just just a rough uh rough one to rough one not to get um especially with you know John Ross not getting a whole ton of touches throughout this entire season but you know that when he gets those touches he's he's electric and he can very clearly take it to the house in any situation. 
Yeah, John Ross there. That was that was after the uh, first drive of Stanford where they got the field goal off the Ty Montgomery return. So John Ross takes it back, called back for a block in the back. Yeah, like you said, momentum-wise, that's just that's critical. And instead of instead of getting uh, a TD there to go up seven three, uh, we get the ball on our own fifteen. Promptly go three and out. Uh, they get the ball back, you know, with a lead instead of us having the lead. So. You know that's that's a tough one to look back on, and I think that the play that everyone everyone in the you know in the country even is talking about, not just here in Seattle, uh, the fake punt. Uh, oh, the fake punt! Gosh, I mean, tied thirteen thirteen, seven minutes and change left in the ball game. Our defense is playing phenomenally against uh, against what you know is a fairly decent. I mean, they didn't play very well, but. Um, by by all standards, a fairly decent Pac-12 offense, and our defense is just doing mm-hmm. so well. They got a scoring play. You know, you got to trust them in that situation. It's fourth and nine, Kyle. Fourth and nine. It's not it's not one of these ones where it's like fourth and three, where you know, even if you botch it up, you know, maybe maybe Shaq Thompson or somebody can push ahead for a few yards. Fourth and mm-hmm. nine, and he decides to do the direct snap to the up back and. Yeah, it's just stuffed immediately by Stanford. Yeah, this is this really was the changing turning point in the game. You know, it's tied thirteen thirteen. Seven minutes to play in the ball game. The ball on our on our um, own forty seven yard line, fourth and nine. We'd flip the field position by getting two two big uh, third down conversions, also via penalty. Not like our offense was doing much. So I think I guess I guess I feel like. Uh, you know, Peterson just felt like that he was boxed into a corner here. He knew his offense wasn't going to be able to move the ball and win the football game. Uh, and so he, he ended up pulling this out of his hat, and Stanford clearly was ready for the fake. Um, Stanford takes the ball at midfield six plays later, uh, big face mask penalty, and, and then uh, Hogan takes the ball in for five yards out on a naked bootleg to, to for the game-winning score to put them up by 20. Uh, hindsight, obviously, twenty twenty. What a what? I guess what was your opinion as far as C- Coach Pete after after the game apologizing for the call, etc. Uh, etc. Et yeah, that. well, I mean, talking to one of our loyal listeners and a good friend of the podcast, Chris Medawar, after the game, uh, one of our friends, he you know he says that you know if that play works, then Chris Peterson is you know back to this genius trick play caller. But if it doesn't, mm-hmm. he's the goat. And it turned out that he was pretty much the goat on that one. Um, didn't like it situationally, obviously, in my opinion. Um, I mean, at least he's got the the you know accountability to go and say you know that was my bad and that was the coach's fault. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, just like just it just did not make sense in any sense. Like no, not the momentum sense, not the the scheme sense. It just it just I was baffled by it, and I was watching. And I was just just dumbstruck and dumbfounded that something like that was allowed to happen by the entire coaching staff, not just, you know, Chris Peterson. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those deals. I keep going back and forth. I've lost a little bit of sleep about it. Uh, who hasn't, if you're a Husky fan, uh, you know, it's hindsight's 2020, but, uh, you know, you got to think that, uh, he basically just was boxed in that corner. Like I said, you know, and, and it's it's a, a defense. He basically was trusting our defense, I guess, to to stop him if we did give it up at midfield, like they did early in the third quarter when we went for fourth down on the the quick QB sneak with 12 minutes left uh, in the third there uh, on that fourth down, and we did stop them. So I guess I guess you know hindsight's 2020, but I think I don't think it was as terrible mm-hmm. a call as most people did. I don't know. It's it's hard to say that was that did lose us the game. So you can't really be all for this call. Yeah. No. You you really can't. And um, 
I, I don't think anybody anybody would be. <laughs> yeah. So that that brings us, I guess, to the other coaching uh, other coaching question was after Stanford does take that take the lead twenty to thirteen there on the touchdown after the fake punt, um, Stanford kicked it out of bounds, but they also went offsides. Yeah. Uh, really strange decision. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. This one is a little bit. You know, I, I kind of see the rationale in this decision as well. I mean, Stanford kicks out of bounds, and for our less savvy fans, when a team kicks a kickoff out of band, bounds, the other team automatically gets it on their own 35-yard line, which is generally accepted as good starting field position. Um, mm-hmm. And here, here's where it gets complicated, is that the offense has clearly not been moving the ball all day. They've been anemic at best. Uh and you've got a guy back there in John Ross who has already taken a kick, a kickoff to the house, albeit it was called back, as we discussed earlier. He, I mean, second time that's happened this yeah, year. Yeah, and you know he's got the ability to do it every time he touches the ball. Um, so Coach Peterson decides to decline the penalty, move the or decline the out of bounds penalty, move the kickoff back five more yards, and have them re-kick. And um, that just did not work out. John Ross just gets bottled up at the 16-yard line. And instead of a, you know, 65-yard drive, we're looking at an 84-yard drive to win the ball game. And, um, you know, with that offensive display that we put out there, that, I mean, clearly didn't happen um, and I don't think was ever going to happen. Yeah, and and like you said, you know, a a 65 versus 84-yard drive, with the way our offense was moving the football, that was a pretty nominal difference. Uh, so I guess I think that's what the rationale behind this one. So I'm definitely more for this call. And I think I do this again, as far as basically saying our best chance is for Ross to take it to the house versus our offense driving the football down the field. Um, so I think it's similar rationale for both these calls. Um, but obviously this was, wasn't quite as big of a gamble as that fake punt that Really, I mean, it, it foretold our, our losing effort there in, in the first loss of the Husky football season and the Peterson era. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just so hard because, um, you know, knowing that the defense played so well that entire game, um, we've got this this very, very talented and this, this defensive front, uh, the front seven that's coming together and has shown, you know, for the past – two or three games that they can really play uh, at a very high level. And it almost just feels like we're wasting it uh, based on poor offensive play, bad play calling and special teams inability to execute the game plan. So, um, but I'm with you, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably make that the kickoff call the same way again. Um, Obviously I completely disagree with the fake punt, but um, Mm -hmm. tough, tough day on special teams. All in all. Yeah, brutal, brutal, man. It's it's hard here. We're trying to stay upbeat on this anniversary podcast. Yeah. And, man, it's kind of a buzzkill, that first first talk about the Husky well, game. But Kyle, let's get Kyle, a little... I'm, I'm already, you know, I'm already preparing for Beer of the Week segment coming up later. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I, might, I might be as well, too. Um, but, yeah, speaking of uh, bright spots, though, our defense looked very solid. Finally, you know, a defense that we that we thought that was going to happen. I thought our, our linebackers, our D-line, and our secondary all played pr- pretty solid, holding Stanford to 20 points. Um, you know, 10 of those we talked about were on short fields. Uh, they forced three turnovers. They also scored a touchdown. 
and I think we got a little drop for us to play about that, uh, don't we, War? It's finally time to bring it back out. Finally, it's the Shaq Thompson touchdown drop. We're gonna we, one week hiatus. We're bringing it back this week. So let's go. 40, 30, 20, Shaq Thompson will take it that distance. I have to touch it. No one touches the Shaq. No, uh, nobody touches the Shaq this, Kyle. Oh, nobody. He had that huge, huge play to tie, tie up the game going into the half. He he strips it, he scoops it, he scores it. You know, I'm, it's a third down and, like, you know, two play. It's kind of a big scrum on the O-line there. And I'm, I'm looking at, you know, everyone's – they kind of almost looked like they stopped the forward progress. Didn't call it on the field, luckily. But I'm looking to see where the ref's going to spot the ball. All of a sudden, I hear this roar, and Shaq's just skirting out right in front of me into the end zone. Uh, and, you know, the ref's throwing his hands up in the air, saying, hey oh, touchdown Huskies. Uh, huge, huge play there to tie up the game 13-13 going into half. Yeah, I was I was watching it too. You know, I thought he kind of got bottled up in there and didn't really even see the ball come out. And then all of a sudden, checks running down the sideline and people were going crazy. And the refs are kind of looking at each other like, you know, they kind of <laughs> that, you know? <laughs> that deer in the headlights Pac-12 ref look. Um, Classic say, look. I didn't call anything. <laughs> so, you know... That huge play by him. Um, he's a playmaker. Single handedly I, I made that play. I believe he. I believe he single handedly has more points than like Michigan has all season on a, on offense from <laughs> oh, the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> we've been we've been on Brady Hoke. We might have to give him a break. He's having a rough time this week. Uh, anyway. Well, I think I think Michigan might give him a permanent break too. We'll see. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, Shaq. Also, that the play that everyone's gonna remember is that scoop and score. Another play though that go gets a little little bit lost here he had uh it, you know stanford's driving the ball with 12 1250 to play in the ball game hogan takes it on the qb draw Shaq puts a helmet right on the football just textbook fumbles the ball on the 10 yard line there uh huskies get the ball back and and preserve that 13 13 lead and i think that's something that that really gets lost because we end up losing the game but that was just a huge play to keep us in the ball game at that point with uh with you know 12 and change to play yep absolutely i mean this whole game was full of plays where the UW defense kind of bailed out the offense and, mm-hmm. um, and their inability to move the football. And um, it's just, just a shame that they couldn't, they couldn't do enough or they, they didn't get enough help uh, from the mm-hmm. offense and the special teams to, to make this game a, a win for uh, for the dogs there so yeah another one of yeah. those another one of those plays you're kind of referencing uh heli kikaha was in the backfield most of the night or most of the afternoon there it a real mm-hmm. nice yeah, absolutely stri- real nice strip and sack on on a third down there in the early in the third quarter stanford is in in uh our territory uh in field goal range around about the 20 yard line he gets a sack knocks him you know to borderline field goal range they end up missing that field goal game stays tied at 13 13 uh huge play there on a third down john timu had some real nice plays uh dropped a possible pick six on the first series of the game which was a little bit of a bummer but overall uh linebackers and up front uh i thought uh evan hudson and, and andrew hudson both had good games there up front too so uh and danny shelton what can you say he's clogging up that middle uh stopping that stanford run game so defensively i thought we looked good uh what do you see from the young secondary there yeah, surprising game from them. Um, I'm, they seemed like they played very, very well, um, as did this entire off- or defensive unit. Excuse me. Um, held Kevin Hogan to a quarterback rating of twenty five point one. That's dismal. Uh, Kevin Hogan also didn't play very well in this game, but 
um that's a different he, discussion he did have, entirely he did have some some uh, big runs including the final touchdown that's run true. but he did he did kind of beat us on some runs as far as it was similar to the Oregon game last year where he just kept extending drives uh kind of doing you know doing just enough to win he's he's a, he's a manager who's going to do things like that and so QBR of 25 obviously not that great um but and did have the- well the thing the thing Kyle was too is that you know the the UW defensive front was getting pressure on Kevin Hogan the mm-hmm. entire game they just weren't finishing the sack uh, it was I, I noticed a few plays where you know whether it was Kikaha or Shelton or or any of those uh linebackers defensive front guys uh they you know they'd get into the backfield and they'd make Kevin Hogan move and um maybe even get a hand on him and just couldn't finish finish out um didn't have anybody supporting them on a little delayed blitz or anything and um that I think that well, was kind and, of an important you, factor on that game. You got to attribute that to Hogan as well. I mean, he's a big guy. He's not, yeah, you know, not going down credit, easy. Yeah. Credit credit where credit's due. I mean, he he did run well. Um mm-hmm. he he didn't he didn't throw the ball well. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh Marcus Peters looks like a boss again. Um he's just pretty like nonchalantly showing that he's one of the best cornerbacks in the entire country. Yeah, he's, he's bounced back real nicely from that suspension. Had the pick on a uh, jump ball there to Ty Montgomery. Uh, nice play, but playing the ball, he looked like the receiver out there, basically. I thought it was, yeah, absolutely. As well, some of the younger guys, uh, Buda Baker made some plays. He flew up, set the edge, and made some nice tackles. A couple of pass breakups. I remember one third and, third and five or so where he, he broke a ball up on a, uh, on, a, on a little corner out. He was beat a little bit. Ends up making up some ground, making the pass, pass break up there. That was big. Uh, Nigel Hales also saw some time in the cornerback slots, and uh, he made a great play on a third down throw to Ty Montgomery on like a little hitch route. He breaks that up. Uh, true freshman there, two true freshmen I guess that we're talking about there. So the young secondary really starting to gel. That 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 that's bodes well for the Huskies going forward defensively. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nigel Hale, also the son of rapper Nate Dog, if anybody uh, didn't up? know that already. So. Uh, regulators mount up back there. <laughs> um, yeah, so there that that is a good sign. I, absolutely, that the the young secondary can um, have a big game against a Pac-12 caliber offense um, that's full of talent. Um, kind of holding Ty Montgomery. I mean, there was obviously he had his electric, explosive plays, especially that touchdown, which in which he drug a few of those guys yeah, so um, montgomery also set up set up that touchdown score with a a nice little end around reverse run where we just weren't ready for it it's like how do you how are you not ready for this guy and he's he's just he's almost deceptively fast and strong like he's he's one of the top players in the conference and you know he showed it on saturday yeah i believe i was listening to uh one of our one of the many college football podcasts i listened to the uh, solid verbal and they included him on a, a list of college football players that we should just package up and send and just have them fight isis because they're clearly unstoppable <laughs> he's quite the uh athlete there yeah definitely i'd throw todd, I'd throw todd Gurley in there as well <laughs> oh yeah oh, easily todd Gurley. <laughs> and uh shaq thompson would do some damage over there too Oh yeah, he could he could play. I mean, you know, he he goes on he goes on the offensive from the defensive. So that's that's a pretty key key skill to have when you're fighting those terrorists. Some terrorists, yeah. Um, we got to talk about Southern Miles at some point, right? 
Uh, I mean, do we have to? I don't, want, I don't want to, but uh, yeah, we do have yeah, to. Yeah, for those of you who didn't really appreciate appreciate Keith Price the last three years, uh, he's not looking so bad right now, was he? <coughs> Chris Medawar, sorry, <laughs> something in my something in my throat there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I Keith Price was, uh, you know, I mean, he was he was a fantastic athlete, fantastic quarterback. Um, Silent Miles is just pretty much showing that he's not competent enough to beat uh, a Pac-12 defense and a good Pac-12 defense by all means, you know, um, he, uh, he showed that he didn't have the decision-making time or the capability um, to beat it. He didn't have the accuracy. Um, he didn't really even have the, the mobility uh, that he needed to, to do what he wanted to do. So um Really, really, really poor game from uh, Southern Miles. Yeah, I mean, obviously he got, he didn't get very much help from the offensive line up front. I think I, my line after the game was that he looks like a third grader back there playing quarterback, just slow with his reads, uh, not that good, just, just did not look like he had a handle on the offense whatsoever. 15 of 29 for only 98 yards, one TD, no picks. Um, he had uh, 14 carries. How many yards did he have? Only one. So that tells you something about uh, how our offensive line was giving up some sacks. He wasn't effective running the football like he has been in his first uh, what, three starts uh, as, the, as the Washington quarterback. So big step backwards for Silent Miles after it looked like the offense was turning a corner with him. So that's not not good to hear, also, although you do have to give a lot of credit to a Stanford defense that's one of the top defenses in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everywhere where Kevin Hogan succeeded in stepping up in the pocket and finding those little running lanes, Southern Miles absolutely failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, who knows how much of that you can attribute to the offensive line and how much you can attribute to poor decision-making and poor, you know, feel for the game and feel for the scramble, but... Uh, I feel like uh, he I, just. I feel like early early in the game he was pressured on some of those rollouts. He he kind of tried to extend it out to the sideline instead of kind of stepping up, and it really mm-hmm. really kind of got into him for the rest of the game where he wasn't looking as much downfield. It didn't seem like at least watching the film, uh, and it looked like he was more looking at the defensive lineman. So so that's something that it's a quarterback. If you're not if you're worried about the rush and you're not feeling the rush, you have to look at the rush. That's just, you're, you're you're already lost right there. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and remember, we got to remember though. This is his only his fourth start. He did miss all of spring ball and had to split reps during fall camp because we weren't sure he's going to be starter with his suspension. So, I don't know. It's it's hard to, hard to say um, whether he's a, our guy going forward. I still think he's our best option at the quarterback position, um, but I'm not nearly as confident as I was in him. You know, as I was a week ago, basically. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. I mean. <laughs> He he kind of showed that he doesn't really have the ability to to lead from from that position in this last game. But then again, I I don't know who does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you know it's kind of one of those things where he's the best option kind of by default and by having no other better option. Um, yeah, definitely. Which is unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate for Husky fans who have been really used to having good strong athletic quarterbacks uh in keith price and jake walker mm-hmm. for the past you know almost decade here so yeah um, definitely it's, 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 it's been tough it's hard though to be patient you know you see him he's a what a redshirt sophomore now 
Uh, he's mm-hmm. been in the program for a while, but it is only his fourth start. And, you know, it's hard to be patient when you see guys like Jameis Winston, guys like Johnny Manziel come in and have so much success right off the bat, even like a Matty Mock, you know, at, at Missouri. You know, guys guys that are having a lot of success right off the bat, really picking up the offenses. And, and I think I think a lot of it comes on him, and I think a lot also comes on the coaching staff as far as maybe putting too much on his plate and throwing too much at him early. And I think we'll get into this in a little bit, but I think having the bye week now, uh, kind of decompress, maybe maybe scale back what we're doing offensively a little bit, um, get him into more comfortable situations, I think is going to be critical going forward. Yeah, I think so too. And, um, you know, this is something that, that we'll need to watch too because I think a lot of people have um, kind of lost a little bit of faith in this uh, offensive part of the coaching staff mm-hmm. so far. I mean, I, I clearly don't, you know, I, I don't think that they have the talent that the defensive coaches have, mm-hmm. but it's something to keep your eye on whether, you know, maybe this offensive experiment isn't really working out. I mean, there is talent there to be utilized and, and especially at the wide receiver group, um, that position is just chock full of really solid talent and they're just not getting the ball enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, we're going to really see we're going to see when when it comes to Cal in two weeks, um, what they can what they can do over this bye week to to try and fix some of their problems. And um, but again, just keep your eye on that offensive coaching staff and the play calling. And um, because if it doesn't get better, then. You know, then then we'll have to have a different conversation. I think. Yeah, definitely. And, and the offense only 179 yards, albeit against the stingiest defense in the country so far this year. Uh, we were five of 18 on third down war. That's just absolutely abysmal. And uh, I guess no, Chris terrible. Chris Peterson in, in his press conference today was talking talking about it, and he said, you know, it's you know they're in in long second and long situations. They weren't getting it done on first down, so they basically had out of those 18 third downs, they had 10, 10 or 11 third and extra long. So you're looking at third and like eight or nine plus. So you know, doing the math there, they say their goal on those third and extra longs is to convert 25 percent of them, which is just absolutely terrible for uh, third down conversion percentage. So a lot of that third down conversion. Was go back to bad plays on first and second down where they put themselves in bad situations and uh, you know a lot of that had to do with uh, not really getting a consistent run game yeah the i mean the run game 14 carries for 58 yards um, for coleman yeah oh i'm sorry i think we had 70 Um, 79 yards total on the on the ground so obviously not not much better still not impressive (laughs) but um you know it's there were there were so many times where we'd have a, either a negative or or a you know or an incomplete an incompletion on the uh, on first down mm-hmm. that you know I think uh, I mean you mentioned it we just kind of shooting our shooting ourselves in the foot early in the uh, early in the pitch pitch count there you know mm-hmm. so um, it's hard to win games and hard to produce offense when you do that to yourself um, I don't know I mean I don't know if I can really attribute it to the lack of the run game specifically um because there's certainly other ways you can get yardage on first down um you got that kind of short passing game but um yeah just nothing nothing going from the start nothing going at the end of drives yeah i mean what can you say it was it was a terrible offensive effort uh-huh. yeah definitely and it's something that you know it's i'm not i haven't been all that impressed with jonathan smith so far as a play caller you know it's it is hard to judge no. with, with, when you got a qb that's 
it's uh, looking that lost out there, and your offensive line's looking pretty porous, letting guys through. Um, so that's that's hard to judge when you got a young O line and a and an O line or young quarterback and an O line that's not looking great. So, but I mean, you got to tailor your game plan to to your quarterback's ability level and his his skill level mentally, I guess. And so so that's something that that just wasn't done, and it 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 showed on Saturday. Yeah, and you, you're talking about the offensive line too. I mean. I'm I'm wondering if it's not that he's making the offensive line calls too complicated. Uh, this this is a group of of mostly upperclassmen um, that are you know by all accounts you know what they should be one of the better offensive line groups in the in the conference. And so many times I was watching on Saturday that there were just free rushers coming in from either the side or right or straight up the middle. Um, and forcing Siler Miles to scramble and not be able to get through his mm-hmm. progressions, I'm just wondering if if that offensive line group hasn't been coached, um, or or, were, or was out coached uh, by Stanford on uh, on Saturday. So um, something again, we should watch. They should be a lot better than they played on sa- on Saturday. Yeah, the, the offense and and it's hard I keep going back harkening back to this. It's like Stanford is so much better than anyone else that we played That's before. True. So that That's so true. they expose all these little little chinks in the armor so they just kind of make those into big old chasms and so they that really exposes our our weaknesses. Um yeah, going 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 away from the offensive line a little bit. No receiver had over three catches, three catches of the most. Jadon Mickens, of course, had the touchdown catch in the second quarter to uh, to get us to six points. There, uh, he had an amazing route on that play. I thought going back watching that, watching that, he sticks a head onto the post and just burns the guy right through past him on like a little kind of fade fade route right to the corner of the end zone uh, for six. That was that was beautiful. Um, that was the one one drive where we had anything going offensively, uh, and that was also aided by a offsides penalty from Stanford, a personal foul penalty from Stanford, and a pass interference penalty from Stanford. So as you can see, the one, one time where we did put offensive points on the board, um, we got that via the penalty, and we also missed the extra point there. Yeah, and that was kind of, you know... That was kind of an omen for how this entire game was going to go. I mean, Stanford committed a, quite a few penalties. Uh, both teams did, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But Stanford committed quite a few penalties that would either kill drives or extend our drives. And, you know, it's going back to what I said at the beginning of the pod. It's like, you know, they, they served this game up on a silver platter for us to win and uh, just couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, yeah. Kind of just, definitely, just a shame. No, definitely, yeah. Other, other than that one touchdown from Mickens, zero points from an offense that really could only be described as a tire fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the guys on the solid verbal explained it as not quite a tire fire, but like you can smell the like burning rubber. It's like it's like hmm, is that is that a tire fire? I smell. I can't can't really tell. Oh, I, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go one up those guys and uh, say that's a full blown tire fire. Full blown. Yeah, I don't know. I, five five I, alarm I, tire fire. Calling the calling the national guard and some uh, extra fire help because we need something to put that fire out. Uh, I'm probably somewhere halfway in the middle of that. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm at, I'm at like a like a steady tire like smoldering like tire like a like a tire bake or maybe a tire tire smoldering. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, the, ti- well, the tires are getting heated somehow. <laughs> even with this tire fire that was offensively, we talked about our special teams woe. 
end of the ball game, we have a chance to tie slash possibly win the game because I think Peterson might have gone for two just the way he was uh, shooting from the hip there at the end of the end of the ball game with his play calls and uh, that fake fake punt, obviously. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think he was going for two I for mean, sure. If we realistically, scored. we're not gonna we're not gonna score. We're not gonna win in a, in overtime. I don't think they're. I think our offense wasn't. It was gonna go backwards versus forwards. You know. Yeah, that's where that's where you should have pulled out the trick play, not not on fourth and nine with seven minutes left. Yeah, definitely. Well, so so we 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 go we turn the ball over and they have and they have to we have to punt with two two minutes thirty seconds to play. Corey Durkee booms a thirty five yard punt, flips the field position. Stanford goes three and out. Our defense had a huge stop there. We get the ball on our fifty yard line with like two like minute fifty to play, and we just can't get anything going. Yeah, had to had to convert a fourth down and ten to DeAndre Campbell. Um, had to pick up another first down on a miles side of the miles run. But you're right. I mean, these are like these aren't big chunk plays. It's like, it's like very you, you very lucky the, lucky plays that we converted yeah. on. We're going backwards on most plays. Uh, we have, but here's the deal: we're we're down seven. We have the ball on the 28 yard line, going in with a minute to play. And, you know, it's one of those deals where are we going to pull a horseshoe right out of our ass, pardon my French, and, uh, you know, pull this pull this game off for a huge win? Uh, and Siler Miles ends up grounding the ball uh, on, a, on a play where he was outside the pocket, couldn't get it past the line of scrimmage, um, arm strength, it, obviously an issue there for Miles, um, even on a play where, yeah, he's trying to throw the ball away. Um, so after that, we really had no chance, uh, aside from a Hail Mary, um, which we couldn't even get that off because they got pressure and he had to run. So that was their ball game. Uh, a pretty ugly performance from the Huskies uh, offensively and special teams-wise. Defensively, this looks like a, a contending team. Yeah, it's going to be about closing that gap come, going forward. Um, but that was that was a disappointing one, a game that I think we could have won. I don't think Stanford is really that good. I don't think they – are going to end the season ranked as highly as they are now. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It we'll helped. find out a lot about them next week against uh, oh, against yeah, uh, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame team. Yeah, that'll be a very good game. And we'll find out a lot about both those teams. I, I think Stanford is pretty good. Their defense is is ridiculous, but our our offense our offense makes me kind of thirsty. Yeah, absolutely. When you need that frothy refreshment, it's time for Sports with Teeth Beer of the Week. Give me a cold beer here. Oh man, that's good. Oh man, that's good. Of the week. Of the week. Oh yeah, Kyle. It's the return of Sports with Teeth Beer of the Week, our weekly segment where we review two different and delicious adult beverages here. Um, Kyle, why don't you go first this week? Uh, Tell me what you got. Sitting in the glass. Yeah, I got we got our anniversary birthday beer here. I went with a special one today. I've been getting a lot of heat from our listeners for uh, going with some of these the, the apple hard apple cider, the Newcastle. So today I went and made a special trip out to a brewery today over in Fremont, the Fremont Brewery. Uh, I have the Cowichi Canyon Fresh Hop Ale. Oh, fresh Hop Ale time always uh, one of our favorite yeah, times of the hop. year. Football, Fresh Hops. Great pumpkin beer, ales, solid time. fresh hop ales, pumpkin a, ales. Yes, honestly, absolutely. it's the best time of the year, really. Uh, sports, sports, really teeth birthday, my birthday, 
all these good things. Uh, yeah, Kawachi Canyon Fresh Hop Ale, named after a canyon that's only about five minutes away from my house over in Silo, Washington. Uh, one of my favorite mountain biking spots, actually. So this is really, really a great beer. I'm a huge fan of it. It's one of the premier fresh hop ales uh, out there, and especially in the state of Washington, which is kind of the, the mecca of that because of our great hop growing industry. Um, it's a mm-hmm. 6% beer, 70 IBUs, just a boatload of fresh Fresh flavor. Um, it's a really unreal. It's pretty pretty light, super drinkable, but you just get that explosion of these hops. They got all organic hops. If you don't know, fresh hop ales, they have to pick the hops and then within 24 hours put those hops into the brew kettle. So it's really fresh, really awesome. And, uh, you know, you, you can only get them for about a month out of the year because they don't have any preservatives in it. So it's, it'll go bad pretty soon. Yeah, speaking of the fresh hops, uh, this weekend I believe is the Fresh Hop Ale Festival out in Yakima, Washington. Um, always have a good time whenever we go out oh, there. I'll be there uh, if you're, you know, yeah, if you're in the in the east side of the state. Hell, even if you're on the west side of the state, uh, make your way out to to Yakima. Get over to the Fresh Hop Ale Fest. I believe it's on Saturday and Sunday. If I'm it's, correct, uh, just, um, just Saturday night in Yakima. There, so. just Saturday. Yeah, okay. So just Saturday. It's, gonna be, it's all great always, time, a, great always time a fun event. Uh, honestly, it's the best best thing Yakima's got going for it. So uh, I always go back for that and uh, like to show my friends a good time over there at that. So I'll be there tasting some more of these fresh hop ales. But yeah, Fremont's their Cowich Canyon uh, fresh hop ale always. I think the last two years it's placed in the top three. I think it was second last year. So very good one. Uh, very exciting to uh, try this. And if you're in Seattle do your best to find it i mean i i had to go to the brewery tonight this day actually that was the first night that they released it and uh they're almost sold out already at the brewery so good luck good luck getting your hands on it but if you can uh it's one of my i'd say in top five beers of all time wow that's that's saying something because we've had some really damn good beers yeah, um, definitely. not i mean not even on beer of the week you know we've had we've had the uh Pliny the Younger, we've had Pliny the uh, Elder. Some of those bail breaker those uh bail breakers you know, little little micros that never got released to anybody but us. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's that, those are big words. Big so, words uh, from big man go check out. know how to do. <laughs> Alright, what do you, what do you, what's frost uh, in your glass tonight, War? Uh Kyle, I went to uh I didn't go to the brewery. I went with uh New Belgium Brewing, um, one of my one of my favorite breweries. Um, you can find them in pretty much every supermarket. I believe they're owned by uh, Anheuser Busch InBev, so you can find them everywhere. Um, I went with one of their pint size <laughs> bottles, and that's that's a big one, not not pint size in a little <laughs> sense. Um, big old big old bottle of their uh, rye PA. Uh, it's a rye IPA. Um, obviously, this is going to hit you in the face with. A lot of very awesome uh, hoppy floral notes. Um, Seven point five percent alcohol by volume, Kyle. That is a strong beer. I don't care who you are. Seven point five percent. It's it's gonna hit you. I'll do you right. Uh, hit you right in the gut there. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll it'll drink. This could be a sure. loosened conversation. It's also, the second half of the podcast. So hey, well, you know, it's our it's our birthday. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not have a pretty alcoholic beer here? <laughs> there you go. Um, it's also got 75 IBUs, which makes it an extremely bitter beer. Um, lots of hops in it. Four different varieties of hops. Reading off the bottle here, it says uh, Simcoe, Galaxy, Cascade, and Mosaic hops all mm, in this beer. Spicy. Um, yeah, really spicy notes. Uh, 
really floral aromas. Um, very solid beer. You're not going to be drinking this one all day. This is probably a one and done beer for pretty much anyone out there, unless you know you've got an iron stomach. <laughs> but um, yeah, that really good, really good for that one, that one and done. Yeah, that that rye rye in there with the IPA is it's an interesting interesting flavor to toss in there too. It does does kind of spice it up a little bit. So always fun to try those rye IPAs. I feel like those are growing quite a bit here in the in the craft market. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing them around more and more mm-hmm, here. So, for sure. Um, if, if you guys want to try out a little little rye IPA, uh, this this is not a bad one. The New Belgium. Right, right on and uh that wraps up beer of the week uh as always taste these beers uh they're fantastic beers uh, seriously though cowichi canyon fresh hop ale from fremont brewing it here in seattle you got to get your hands on some of it it uh it'll be worth your while trust me absolutely kyle let's uh move on let's let's move on from the doom and gloom of last week um and let's let's look forward we're a progressive looking and thinking show here kyle um the Huskies going into the bye week. Um, we're going to have a lot of time to break down their matchup with Cal next week. Um, I believe next week's podcast will be devoted entirely to that matchup. Um, we're going to have to find, we're gonna are, have to find, have to find something fun to do on next week's podcast as well. Maybe some, something funny. Yeah. If you guys have any ideas, uh, any like questions you want to do, um, we might record some special guests, or you know guest uh, appearances here and there uh could could get fun um, yeah let us know let us know if you want to be on the podcast call us we could we might be able to get you on so but yeah bye yeah. week bye week sports with teeth at gmail.com <laughs> come on hit it bye week i think the number one priority obviously is get our offense schooled up here um you know we got to yeah, make absolutely. some adjustments clearly i think we're going to see see the offense uh the complexity of the offense scaled back we get some more zone read stuff out of siler really taking advantage of his running attributes and not just dropping back and throwing or even rolling him out to throw because clearly he doesn't have what it takes right now at least to compete against top competition in that type of an offense. So I think we simplify things for him. We get a little more zone read action where he's running the football more, and I think that that could help our offense out a lot. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's it's going to... It's going to come down to, you know, like we said earlier, bridging that gap between the offense and the defense. And um, this should be a fairly offensive heavy week of or two weeks of practice. Yeah, this I, is I fun, it's funny. It's just so funny how within three weeks things can change. Because remember after the Eastern game, you know, we're talking about, was it 59, 52 or something? We're, we're talking about how, yeah. you know, the defense needs to catch up with the offense because the offense is killing it. But now, you know, you, you face a tough defense and it's like, they really their offense is exposed as well, but our defense has improved. So it's it's just it's weird. Football's weird. You know, sports are weird in general. <laughs> we should we should cut that one up into a clip or into a soundtrack. Sports are weird, man. It's weird, man. <laughs> it's just weird. It, I don't know. I, and that's why we spend you know an hour here every every week yakking it up, trying to figure it out. And uh, you guys are listening to it. So another thing I think we need to do we need to get Ben Riva healthy. Uh, He's a tackle for us. He's been starting for a few years now. Um, and our own line hasn't looked very good. We're, we're missing something out there. You talked about, you know, maybe too complex on our reads. We're not on the same page. Um, but I, I think uh, the fact that we have a, a redshirt freshman and Coleman Shelton out there who has, has played well at times. He was exposed, though, last week against a solid uh, defensive line. 
uh, as a redshirt freshman. I think he's going to be good ultimately, but it's just too early for him to see significant minutes here in Pac-12 play. So I think Ben Riva getting healthy is going to be critical on that offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a stalwart in that offensive line for the past few years now. Um, you always hear his name mentioned, um, him in likes of, you know, with, with old guys like Micah Hatchie and um, Gregory Christine even back in the Dexter day. Dexter Charles. Um, yeah, Dexter Charles. Uh, so it, it'll be great to get him healthy and uh, see see if they can't kind of revamp and reset the uh, the offense and the running game and mm-hmm. everything that went wrong on Saturday. Yeah, and up next week we talked about Cal. We're gonna we're gonna preview them a lot more next week. There's a team that's, that we thought were gonna be the bottom feeders totally um, of the comp. Uh, yeah, they're kind of looking kind of looking like contenders here. I, I, not 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 contenders to to win anything, but you know they're, they're they've got chances to eligibility upset possibly. Maybe Ooh, man, never would have thought that. Maybe not Sunny Dyke Shark. Yeah, week. you know they 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 beat Northwestern on the road to start the season. Huge win. Went, got a win over Sac- Sacramento State. Their their lone loss this year is to Arizona, which they should have beat. So Arizona was you know came back, scored the what thirty six points in the fourth quarter last week, uh, and then they 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 went in at Colorado this this, this past week. So uh, Cal Cal's sitting at, there at three and one, uh, looking all right. So that's that's gonna be a test going down there. Yeah, see, here's the thing, Kyle. Sonny Dykes decided defense was a good idea. Um, so that worked out for him. I mean, wait, can't, can't say wait, 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 wait. You think Sonny Dykes has put together a good defense this year? I mean, better than last they year. They gave Can up we say 56 that? to Colorado <laughs> this week for. <laughs> well, you know, I mean... I don't know. It, it's it's not like it's not the old the old Cal defenses that are given up. You know, they give uh, up points seven every single touchdowns week. to Cifo Lafalu. I think I don't think their defense is that great, but so we should. I mean, our offense should get healthy against them, but and I don't think we'll be able to judge much off it. But there's a team that's going to put up points, so we're going to have to put up points against them as well. So uh, it's going to be. A, uh, maybe 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 that was the right PA talking. <laughs> maybe <laughs> no, but overall we'll preview Cal a lot more next week. We'll we'll uh, we'll do a little more research on them. But I think uh, I think this Husky football team still has a shot to be a pretty solid football team overall, um, even after the the disappointment we saw last week. Yeah, I mean, it's still tough to say that they're going to put up a solid game against the likes of an Oregon, um, of a, of a UCLA. It's, it's tough to say it's possible that they could. Um, but it's kind of looking like this may be another year of that, that third place in the PAC 12 North, um, and another, mm-hmm. you know, holiday bowl, fight hunger bowl, Alamo bowl, um, you know, kind of, kind of second or third tier PAC 12 bowl here. Yeah, so, de- I mean, defensively, um, the, the, the defensively, the, no, defensively, the talent is absolutely. The teams, there. the defense is on par with any anyone in the conference, probably better than anyone aside from Stanford. Um, offensively, yep. can we can we make strides there? I think everyone learns from this defeat, most namely, Siler Miles, Chris Peterson, and Jonathan Smith. Uh, so hopefully they can they can turn things around offensively. Uh, we went out. Stanford loses to Oregon. Huskies win the Pac-12 North. They beat UCLA in the title game. We go to the playoff. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah easy as that yeah, right. <laughs> all right well quickly we're, we're running a little bit late here on our anniversary podcast because we had that awesome montage earlier but let's do some pac 12 whoop around we might run this thing a little bit longer why not 
Yeah, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> drinking the drinking the drinking the seven point five percent beer here, Kyle. <laughs> I think I think we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. um, let's let's start out with uh, the Thursday night game, uh, UCLA Arizona State. UCLA having a big bounce back game. Uh, kind of, you know, they had the, they had some struggles going on there and fell out of my final four pick, but they come back and beat ASU. Final score sixty two twenty seven. Um, finally looked like the team that we thought they were going to be in the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting once we get to our final four picks, whether you insert them right back in over Oregon. <laughs> they are yeah. who we thought they were. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Brett Hundley back from the hyperextended elbow in his non-throwing arm. He threw for 355 yards passing, also rushed for 72, totaled five touchdowns, uh, four in the air, one on the ground. Uh, big game for Hundley, bouncing back from that injury. Um UCLA, they they looked like like they they might be able to contend here, and not not just Pac-12 wise, but nationally. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think they're still definitely in a position to get one of those New Year's Six bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna it's gonna depend on how they um, you know continue to to play in their schedule. I think their game with USC. This year is going to be a huge well, one. Shoot, two um, weeks to, from now, I think when they when they got Oregon, that's going to be really telltale of, of what's going to happen here yeah, nationally and uh, in just in the conference. You know, Arizona State without their starting quarterback Taylor Kelly with that broken foot, he looks to be out for another couple weeks. Their their backup uh, Verkovici, I forget, I can never pronounce that guy's name. Their backup, he looked decent though. He threw uh, threw for four hundred eighty eight yards. Uh, also had two picks, one right before the half. The game was tight in the first half. They're twenty to seventeen, uh, but they're driving in for for a score. A worst case scenario, it's going to be tied going into half. They kick a field goal. He gets pick sixth in the end zone for a hundred yard return for Ishmael Adams uh, in what was really the turning point of the game. So instead of being tied at halftime, uh, UCLA goes up by ten at half, and then Adams takes a kickoff return in the third quarter for a touchdown, and the route really was on after that. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to give up two big momentum-changing plays like that and come back and uh, and compete for for a team like ASU without their QB. Um, yeah, especially without their all everything quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that a tough loss for AS for ASU. I still think ASU is a good team um, overall. They were wearing their like weird flamey helmets, which I think they should just kind of put those in actual yeah, flames burn, um, burn those <laughs> yeah they were awful yeah, so i really um, wish they went back to the old uh what is it the spark i don't even sparky sparky yeah sparky? i was gonna say sparty sparky the sun devil say sparty with michigan state but now sparky and that with him with a little sun devil on their helmet that was a great logo from back in the back in yeah. the jake Plummer days of the uh late 90s classic classic, classic. back back when uh back when schools you know like kind of had these like weird anthropomorphic like mascots like all over the place we had like sailor sailor husky and um weird benny beaver <laughs> and all these guys so yeah um yeah and, that was a good one and um, see that butch the cougar Ooh, Ooh hey, hey uh go cougs right the 28 for wazoo and utah with only 27 uh, the extremely rare reverse cooged it yeah, holy man. Toledo! I, this I, is unbelievable. I, 
I got I got a text from my mom saying, "Oh man, the Cougs are going to Coug it." <laughs> it's like like she could see it coming from a mile away. I think everybody could pretty much see it coming from a mile the, away. You mean the youths um, are going to Coug it? Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, I'm just so used to the Cougs. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Utah coughing up the 13 point lead with eight to play. Um, they went up 21 zero early in the first half, and then just just. <laughs> Just stopped playing football, away, man. <laughs> and although, although I thought I thought for a chance after uh, Vince Mayo scores on an 81-yard touchdown to pass from Connor Halliday with four minutes to play to take the one-point lead, I thought the Cougs were going to do the double reverse Coug and then give up the lead again. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Wazoo <laughs> keeps their slim bull hopes alive uh, as they as they win this game on the road. Anytime you can win in Utah against that uh, vaunted student section, the must there in Salt Lake, the must. Uh, you know that's that's a pretty big win. Uh, you know Connor Halliday, four hundred and seventeen yards, four TDs, uh, two picks on eighty one yard and on eighty one attempts. Uh, of course, that's a stat line, right? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean. Who else would have that stat line? No one. <laughs> that's a very Connor just, Halliday. Con- that's Connor about Halliday as Connor line. Halliday as you get. 417, 4, 2, and 61. <laughs> Classic. Uh, do you think the Cougs yeah. make a bowl game? Quick. I don't know. I have to, I'd have to look at their schedule to see who they have left, but uh, no. You're gonna, I'm going no I don't think so either. Um, you want me to pull up their schedule for you? Let's, let's, let's pull let's, it up. Um, you pull that up. One thing I wanted to say, um, as you're as you're searching for that Coug schedule, uh, Utah, who beat Michigan last week, it, what a lot of people were saying was like was a good win for the conference. Very clearly, just shows how unbelievably bad Michigan oh, is. Awful. I mean, I I know we talked about it earlier. It's it's so they're so terrible that. By the transitive property, Washington State is better than Michigan. <laughs> and Washington State, also not that good. Um, also means that Rutgers so, is better than Michigan. <laughs> yes, it does, which is hilarious. That's exactly what that means. All right, sorry for, sorry for that YouTube video that just popped up. That was an ad on the Wazoo um, schedule. Hey, hey, go, go Cougs. Cougs. <laughs> uh, so tell me win and loss on the Cougs here next Saturday at Cal. Okay. Or versus Cal in in Oof. in Pullman. In Pullman, oh, shootout. I'm saying you're shootout. You're thinking against. You're Obviously. thinking. Let's say, let's give them a win against Cal. Okay. They, let's win, give them a win. they need four to get eligible, so they get a win against Cal at Stanford. Loss. Arizona at home. Loss. That's eh, debatable. Probably loss though. Uh, USC at home. Lost. Revenge game from last year lost. At Oregon State. Probably also lost, but probably also a shootout. At Arizona State. Probably also lost. Uh, Washington <laughs> at home. Better be a loss. <laughs> so, Better so, be a loss, I would hope. Well, at that point, it's, they're so not bowling basically anyways, you So basically, we had no for sure wins for, for Wazoo. No, I, I really am completely inconfident. They, take... they have basically one, two, three, four, if we count Washington in the Apple Cup. So they have four toss-up games, 
and one, two, three sure losses. So they have to win all their toss-up games, basically, to to get bowl eligible. So I, I don't think the Cougs go bowling this year. That's really tough to do when, you know, you have an inconsistent defense and, frankly, a quarterback that can throw, you know, he can throw as many points to your team as he can the other That's team. That's true. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for them to make a bowl game. Um, if they do, they're just going to squeak in there. Hopefully they don't squeak in there against the dogs. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about it the more I think about it after watching last week's game. But, um, you know, long time in between. Yeah, definitely. Things, things, yeah, there's a lot, lot of football to be played before that. Uh, keep, let's keep going here. We're, we're going slow tonight. But, hey, it's our anniversary. We can do whatever the hell we want, right? <laughs> right. Uh, USC 35, Oregon State 10. Tell me, do you see yeah, anything here? SC's back. Not not a whole lot. Um, I mean, if anything, Sean Mannion putting up, only putting up 10 points. 123 not, not yards great. passing. That's insane. Uh, SC's, de- yeah, maybe, SC's defense is staunch against the pass, man. Holy cow. Yeah, maybe he's not who we thought he was, but, I mean, SC, you know, like you said, Southern Cal's defense is – pretty solid against the pass they've got some playmakers in their defensive backfield so they're also um, really bad against the run we know that because of boston college so uh, yes we do balanced <laughs> offensive attack for the trojans though cody kessler 24 33 261 yards two touchdowns he looks like looks to be a pretty good quarterback in that offense under steve sarkeesian buck allen their running back also 20 carries for 115 yards so you, you got quite the quite the balanced offense down there and I think it's almost a similar offense last year with the, with the Kessler and Allen to what Sark had up here with uh, Price and Sankey. Yeah, I mean, nobody's questioning the fact that Steve, Sark- Steve Sarkeesian's a great offensive coach. I mean, he knows how football games are won, um, especially in this conference. And, you know, it's not just the, the hot quarterback this the, in this conference of quarterbacks. It's, you know, you got you to gotta pound the ball. You got to make sure that, your playmakers are in the right spots. And, um, I mean, that's how, that's how he does it. And, you know, it's worked out pretty well for him mm-hmm. so far. I would Definitely. say. Yeah. And no, I was, they, they're off to a good start. Um, and in conference play out of conference, a little, little dicey there, but, uh, last game in the conference, Cal 59, Colorado 56. We already talked about Colorado did score 56 points here more. So that Cal defense, not quite as vaunted as you thought. <laughs> yeah okay, maybe okay. Not. Um, <laughs> yeah maybe that was stupid um yeah crazy double ot game uh both both quarterbacks had seven that's touchdowns ridiculous. Um, seven touchdowns are you kidding me that's that's pretty crazy i mean that's that's a, a lot, lot of, of points holy toledo crazy back and forth game colorado took a lead early cal took it over as like two touchdowns then the other team scores two touchdowns and two more touchdowns crazy uh i think the the main thing here uh, both teams are definitely improved and both could easily jump up and bite someone we talked about colorado being able to do that uh in our preseason podcast but we didn't think cal was gonna be able to and it's pretty clear that both of them have the offenses that they can get into the shootout with someone and things can get weird and they can win the game and we have to go to both boulder and to berkeley so the huskies uh definitely gonna be right for one of those upsets so they're they can't take those games lightly those games now scare me a lot more than they did to start off the season well i mean frankly if silent miles plays like he did on saturday then 
pretty much every <laughs> single game on remaining on our schedule scares me. So um, not really saying a whole lot there. But, yeah, I mean, Cal and Colorado are pretty clearly both improved. Um, good for, you know, both their respective divisions. Um that you know these people, these teams who we thought were going to be bottom dwellers, dwellers are um, kind of showing a little bit, you know, showing off a little bit, showing that they've got just as much right to play in this conference as anyone else does. So um, it's going to be important for the Huskies for sure to not look ahead on these games uh, because you know dropping one of these games means pretty bad things uh, considering <laughs> the rest of the schedule. Pretty bad things. All right, well, that wraps up our Pac-12 play. Uh, I think we got, we're going to do a real quick uh, little selection committee time here. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? And now, the Sports with Teeth hypothetical selection committee. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. I mean, if Tyrone Willingham could do it, then how hard can it be? Ah, yes, and that calls to order our third consecutive weekly meeting of the selection committee. War, any changes in your top four, final four predictions for this week? Uh, pretty unsurprisingly, no. I'm going with my no. same four that I had last week. Um, although UCLA kind of impressed me against Arizona State, they did it against an Arizona State team without their quarterback, um, which is a staple of their offense, so... Not quite good enough. Um, I don't. There wasn't really anything they could do to get back in it. Um, not not until they play the likes of an Oregon or a or an SC or Stanford. Um, am I really going to reconsider putting them back in? Um, so mine, same as last week: Florida State, Oregon, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm kept the same as mine as well. Florida State, Oregon, Auburn, and Baylor. Florida State, though, did give me a little trouble in their in their game against NC State. They were pushed uh, in a game where they, they pulled away late. The final score, uh, 56-41, not indicative of how close this game was late late in the ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a scare for Florida State. Um, this is a team that... You know, I think they've got all the talent in the world. Obviously, they're going to get every team's best game. They they have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a look ahead game for them. Um, that's the mindset that they've got to instill in everyone, including Jameis Winston. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. It's they they could. There's there's a looming game that I think we've been looking at the entire preseason. Yeah. That uh, that Thursday yeah. night game in uh, in Louisville against the Cardinal there that, or the Cardinals there that, uh, you know, you know, Louisville is going to come out for that one firing on all cylinders. And, um, I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to that one. Oh, I can't wait for that as well. Uh, Bobby Petrino versus Jameis Winston. Uh, who does America dislike more? <laughs> <laughs> America's sweetheart, Jameis Winston against Bobby Petrino, who loves to, uh, ride motorcycles with co-eds but anyways yeah that'll be a fun one the one that really really intrigues me and i think uh if if notre dame impresses next week against stanford this might be a wild card for me but i think notre dame is pretty good they do go tell to tallahassee i think they got a shot to jump florida state and get that bid i also have oregon uh they got arizona arizona on uh this thursday that should be a fun game auburn rolled over la tech last week 
big test at home against LSU this week. Uh, begins a brutal stretch of their schedule when that that SEC West is just so tough, huh? No, I mean they haven't lost to anyone outside their own conference or their own division. I mean that's unheard of. You you don't see. I believe yeah. they're twenty five and zero against teams that are not in the SEC that's West. Ridiculous. That's, well, and, and you look you look at like LSU might be the the seventh best team in that in that division like which is insane because they're ranked 16th in the country right now so so that's that's that it's almost it's almost tough because they're just going to beat up on each other so much with with auburn lsu old miss bama a&m arkansas and it's it's just crazy so uh you got got auburn i i do think though gus melzon's going to keep them rolling and then uh my fourth team baylor uh, they rolled over Iowa State, forty-nine to twenty-eight. Bryce Petty, uh, three hundred fifty-five yards in the air. Also, the team had two hundred forty-four yards on the ground. You don't see Baylor running for that many yards very often. I think their offense this year a little more balanced. Uh, I think they got what it takes, and really they're just waiting for the show, showdown with the Sooners uh, on November eighth in Norman, Oklahoma, when we're going to find out which of those teams uh, is going to be the Big Twelve representative in the Final Four. Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, this week we, we've got some really, really good matchups uh, that could have some pretty major implications on our Final Four. You already mentioned the Notre Dame-Stanford game and where, you know, maybe Notre Dame pushes out uh, a poor-performing team from your top four um, or my top mm-hmm. four, for that matter. Uh, you've got Auburn uh, playing LSU. You've got one of my top four, Alabama, playing at Ole Miss, that's going to be an incredible oh. game. God, I can't wait game for that day, one. Game day in the Grove? Are you kidding oh, me? God, I, I'm oh. waking up at – I might wake up at 5.30 just so I make sure I don't miss any of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, my God. I can't wait for that. You got Texas A&M against at Mississippi State. Just a chock, full, Vegas. A chock full schedule of – premium college oh. football content oklahoma does go to tcu as well I'm, yeah. i got to just pull up the top 25 schedule i saw that too it, it's possibly a trap game who knows it's um, a trap yeah no there's a lot of fantastic games you know you look at uh kansas west virginia not nope sorry sorry charlie yeah no uh yeah, bunch of bunch of great games. Oh, Nebraska, Michigan State in the Big Ten. That could be uh, a huge, another big could, game. That could have quite a few op- implications as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of a shame that definitely Arizona, Oregon's on Thursday night at seven thirty. Sorry, what is yeah, that? Seven thirty Pacific time. Seven thirty uh, Pacific that, time. How's that a shame? I love that. I'll be can't wait to turn in for that. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be I'll be fine with it, but nobody on the East Coast is staying up to watch that. I guarantee yeah, that's you. true. So that's true. Right on, War. Well, we're already at like a hundred or an uh, hour and twenty minutes, so we probably should wrap things up. But uh, just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, we had a fun time here tonight, wrapping up a pretty brutal Husky loss. Um, but I think things are looking positive and uh, happy. Happy birthday to the Sports with Teeth podcast. Yep, absolutely. As always, everyone, uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, be sure to hit us up on the Twitter at Sports with Teeth, the Facebook at the Sports with Teeth podcast, and email us at sports with teeth at gmail.com um good pod kyle happy birthday to the pod uh it, it was a fun one good good listening to all those reminiscing uh sound clips there oh fun times fun times so let's hope the listeners uh, didn't get too dusty 
I know we did a little bit. We got a little teared up. <laughs> Great times. <laughs> I'm kidding, but good times. And uh, we'll see you guys next week uh, as we talk about the bye week. And remember to give us some uh, emails so we can have something to talk about on next week's show. Absolutely. All right, guys, for uh, Kyle Washit up in Seattle, myself down in San Francisco. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week. This has been the Sports with Teeth podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening, and until next time, adios, amigos.